0: The UMass hockey season is finally underway, and the boys started out with a win against AIC. We're here to recap the game and talk about how we think the team looks for their first time out on the ice. So this should be a fun one. Let's go. Oh! Macar, one timer. High Character. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 93 of High Character. The season is underway. UMass got started with a very nice 5-3 to win over AIC at Mullen Center. It was a fun one to watch. Some things to build off of obviously didn't go uh, perfectly to plan, but good game nonetheless. UMass starts the season one nothing, and we're here to talk about it with our first game recap of the season. My name is Cameron and as always I am joined by my good pal Evan. Evan, how's it going man? Dude, how do
1: you think it's going? UMass season started up. We got ourselves a win to cap it off. Spoiler alert, if you guys haven't, obviously, if you weren't at the game itself, you're going to know right off the bat that we won the game. Feeling good about that, obviously. So, nah, I'm really excited to talk about it. It's good to get back into the the podcast flow of things for these, you know, kind of weekly episodes. So, doing great, Ken.
0: Yeah, so uh, if you guys are first-time listeners this season – Ah, uh, this is kind of makes up the majority of what we do here on the podcast. We'll do either a game or a series recap and go over how UMass did. Kind of go goal by goal, period by period, recapping, uh, and then at the end we'll give our thoughts, give some awards for that game or series to some guys who we think deserved it, and then at the very end we'll we'll preview what we got next weekend. So uh, I guess we'll we'll just jump right into it. UMass starting the season against AIC, no exhibition game to start the year. That's usually. How they do it. Um, they actually played an exhibition game on Sunday, the day after the first game of the season. So pretty interesting there. This was like legitimately the first time we've seen them on the ice against competition this year. Um, and a little bit of a surprise to us out of the gate, but Cole Brady ended up getting the start here. We both thought it might be Michael Harabal. Um, we weren't solid on that, obviously. Uh, kids 18. Uh, it was just a hunch, but Cole Brady getting the start and honestly looked pretty good. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things, right? Like you got this guy coming in, he's 18 years old. You got to ease him into it. You know what I mean? If you throw him right out there to the wolves right off the bat, you know, it it makes sense to have the experienced Cole Brady in there. And he did his thing. You know what I mean? Cole Brady, no stranger to how he plays at this point. This is the second season with us. So, you know, definitely it's one of those cases where you know what you're getting. And I think that's what the coaching staff kind of wanted, at least to start off the season. You don't want to, you know, have a big question mark when realistically the entire team's a bunch of question marks at this, you know, at this early junction of the season. So you want to, you know, at least have one sure thing when it comes to being in the net. So not really all that surprised, but definitely a a welcome, you know, you know, it's a good thing to see.
0: Yeah. Um, And also before this game got underway, a couple scratches that we weren't. Uh, totally anticipating fresh captain, Aaron Bollinger. He was not in the lineup today, as well as uh, Idar Sunyev, um, the kind of hot prospect we got coming in. Uh, he was also not playing, so along with a couple other guys. So that was a bit of a surprise, but um, from what we've heard, all those guys are pretty healthy. Um, they should be ready for Michigan, just uh, not risking anything against an opponent like AIC to start the year. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is obviously Dan Loch obviously, mm-hmm. you know, fourth rounder to the Bruins
1: was also out of this game um, with it, depending on who you ask, a good reason. Um, basically, there's some, some NCAA eligibility concerns. He played a couple pro games in Sweden. Um, so he has to sit out, I think, the first four games. So if we decide to get him right back in immediately, it'll be, I think, in the middle of the Minnesota State series. Uh, yeah not obviously this coming week, but the following weekend. Um, so that's only, that's the only other really, you know, huge miss that, you know, some people may not have expected.
0: Yep. So, uh, yeah, those are our little, our little housekeeping notes there. Let's get into this game. So, uh, for the first 10 minutes of this one, a little bit shaky, UMass, um, obviously new team, big new group together trying to get their legs under them a little bit. One, uh, thing that really made us put our hands on our faces early about 30 seconds into the game taylor mccarr committed a penalty that was kind of something that everybody was pretty upset with last season the amount of penalties that he draws for having such a high offensive upside uh it was really tough to see those penalties come on and uh didn't set the tone i guess i'll say early but it was tough to see less than a minute into this one yeah, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty mad. Um
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll just go right out there and say it. Um, you know, we were talking for a fair bit of the off season just about the overall kind of penalty issues from from him sometimes. You know, we know he's a great kid, you know, you know, he's a really really good hockey player, but it doesn't matter how good of a hockey player you are if you can't stay on the freaking ice, you know what I mean? So that right there, I mean, when you see us taking an early penalty and lo and behold it was the guy that we had a couple of complaints about last season regarding his, you know, his his amount of penalties. It wasn't an extremely encouraging sign early on. It was definitely something that, you know, we were a bit perturbed about, you know, that's, that's the way things go. And obviously, like you said, for the first 10 minutes, it was a little rough, kind of, you know, we were a little rough around the edges, but then mm-hmm. as we're, I'm assuming we're just about to talk about, we, we definitely broke that ice a little bit later on with the help of Taylor McCarr.
0: Yeah. So uh, about halfway through the period, um, you see a nice, really nice pass from Elliot McDermott all the way up ice to Taylor McCarr. Him and Ryan Lautenbach got in on a two-on-one and a, just a nice little cross-crease pass from McCarr to Lautenbach. He stuffs it home, the wide open goal, and gets UMass' his first goal of the season. Pretty nice one, too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely no complaints about that. I mean, great vision from, from McDermott to kind of spring McCarr through, you know, I mean, that that requires a, a pretty accurate and a pretty quick pass in order to get you know in time to create the two on oh and great pass and a great finish you know there's really nothing much to complain about there you know what i mean it was a great great work goal and uh really kind of showed a bit of a bit of speed off the rush you know what i mean like loud and uh McCar uh two of our quicker forwards you know what i mean and they have really really high you know just kind of energies and just engines in general that they're just constantly chugging whenever they get they get their legs started up so mm-hmm yeah really really great goal
0: yeah and then uh a few minutes later uh with just about a minute left in the first period we see scott morrow he puts a, a shot on goal kind of from the blue line uh this is one of the greasier goals you'll ever see there's a big skirmish in front of the net and uh new new minute man samuli ninasari is the one that puts it home uh his first goal as a Minuteman. and you're gonna hear his name a lot more throughout this episode he played really awesome but uh good to see him get his first college goal and his first period of this first game.
1: I freaking love this kid. I'm just going to come right out and say it. You know, obviously we'll get into a little bit more of what he did this game, but nah. I mean, he was rewarded with, with, a, with a good goal. I mean, kind of crazy to see, you know, a defenseman, you know, literally clean it up essentially two inches from the goal line. You know, he, like the puck was literally right there and he just straight up crashed the net and put it in. I don't even think there was like an official goal signal from the refs at first. Like we were kind of sitting there like waiting for something to be said because I'm pretty sure the net was off its moorings at that point. Like there was a lot of confusion. And then luckily the goal horn went off. They did a quick little review, confirmed it. Awesome goal. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of where, in my opinion, I think, you know, especially with, with Scott Morrow, you know, the team tends to shine in the offensive zone and, you know, Morrow was doing some great work to even get the shot off. And then obviously for it to get, you know, finished by, by Ninasari was, was awesome. And, this was kind of just the beginning of what was ended up being a really, really good game from him and the rest of the team as a whole.
0: Yeah, and that closed out the first period. Shots in that period were 15-9 to 9 AIC. I, I would imagine most of those came in the first half of the first period when UMass was kind of still getting their legs underneath them. But they take a 2-0 lead into the locker room, which you love to see. Uh, they come out for the second period, and a few minutes in, five minutes in, um, AIC gets on the board. Brian Kramer, uh, he found himself wide open. This is a pretty bad breakdown for the UMass defense. Uh, All five guys were on one side of the ice. Brian Kramer skated to the other, and he got a pass uh, and a wide open path to the net to make it 2-1. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is just, I mean, I think think this might get talked about quite a bit in the film room. You know what I mean? Like, you you can't have everybody just bunched up on one side like that. Like, it's one thing to kind of, you know, pick a side to defend, especially when the puck's on the boards but you got to maintain some defensive responsibility for the other side of the ice. Like I'm not, I I, I don't know. I mean, trying to call out a couple, you know, I mean, I'm not any sort of video review guy by any means, but you know, it looks like Owen Murray kind of got his leg clipped a little bit by an AIC guy. So he was kind of on the ground, wasn't able to track back effectively. And Cam O'Neill was just a little bit late picking up the defenseman. So he kind of had an open lane and there's not much Cole Brady can do. I mean, kid's six, five, you know, and he can, he can kind of spread out a little bit and cover a lot of the net, but, when you're on effectively a breakaway, there's not much you can do, and yeah, it was a pretty pretty easy forehand, you know, forehand tuck, as as some of the hockey guys would say, and just just put it right by him pretty easily.
0: Yep. So that made it two to one, and uh, luckily UMass was able to answer very quickly. They go on the power play, and three minutes later, uh, Ryan Fco he has the puck at the top of the blue line, puts a shot on. Lucas Mercury corrals the rebound and just does a, a phenomenal Center top 10-esque uh, blind pass through his legs to Jack Musa, who finishes for his first ever college goal as well.
1: Yeah, I'm shocked that that pass wasn't talked about more. I mean, that was an absolute freaking beauty. Um, I I really think that, you know, that was probably one of the more underrated plays. And I think Mercury had a really, really solid game overall, just to kind of quickly discuss that, because I feel like there's not going to be a lot more chance to talk about that. He was super physical super smart in front of the net as he tends to be i mean he you could definitely tell but though he he kicked it up a gear but i mean obviously the the player of the hour here player of the minute one would say is definitely musa here i mean absolutely just you know he, he got to put on a plate to him admittedly but you still got to get a good enough shot to, to put it away and i'm pretty sure that that was technically i think our only power play shot of the game i checked the box score we only had one shot in the entire power on a power play so it, you know, 100% conversion rate on our shots, not necessarily the power plays, because I think the only other one that we had, we didn't have any shots for it. But, yeah, I mean, awesome, awesome, 100% conversion rate there. And it was right on the doorstep, which is, you know, that's where you want to get your shots from.
0: Absolutely. And you love to see a couple guys get their first goals right off the gate. Um, just takes the pressure off. Feels really good and uh, happy for those guys as well. Um, right, this period was pretty even after that. Shots ended up being 11-11. Um, no more scoring in this period either, so uh, the teams were just kind of trying to trade in blows back and forth a little bit. Uh, we go to the third, and right out of the gate, 30 seconds in, uh, we see Michael Cameron, who uh, we saw this quite a bit last season, who used those jets that he has. He skated the puck all the way from one end of the ice to the other, found himself on a breakaway, and did his nice little top-shelf uh, forehand move to make it 4-2. to two.
1: Yeah, we've definitely seen this, you know, at points of last season as well. I mean, his patented kind of glide over to his forehand side and then just shoot it cross, you know, cross net essentially, just kind of flick it up to the top right corner. Beautiful. And as a little spoiler, he did the same thing in the exhibition game the day after too. So that is like his patented signature move. I don't know if we want to find a term for that because I feel like we're going to be seeing that a couple more times this season at least. But, yeah, I mean, he turned on the freaking Jets like you wouldn't believe. And, you know. It was just a a great, a great overall, you know, that that right there is a really, really good individual effort that I feel like sometimes we don't really see out of UMass teams because, you know, UMass for the most part is a very team oriented, you know, style of offense. We would much rather make the extra pass rather than take like a selfish shot. And I'm not saying that this was a selfish play in the slightest, you know, he, he earned the opportunity to shoot that puck, but you don't really see that too often with Carville coach teams, so this was definitely a breath of fresh air to see, you know, a really good individual effort leading to a goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and like I said, that made it four to one. Um, pretty uh, tide kind of changed as we got on the went on the third. AIC um, really kept some pressure. UMass had a few penalties in there that that didn't help well with their flow um, and getting the puck and getting on offense. AIC finally broke the seal in the third. Uh, with about eight minutes left in this game. Brett Callahan, uh, he just skates. AIC's got the puck in their offensive zone. He's out on the point, um, and he just kind of blows past, I believe that's Bo Kosman, right Mm -hmm. into the slot. uh, Opens him up for an easy pass from Jan Jan Honan on AIC, and they make it 4-2. to
1: Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those plays. It's another, I mean, the, the, the good thing here is that I feel like most of this stuff can get cleaned up purely in the film room. It's not like this was a case where we just straight like straight up got like outskated or outspeed. This is purely a mental thing. You know, it's literally just recognizing where guys are going to find the open pockets in the offensive zone and how we can cut those off quicker than than they can exploit them. And, you know, again, this is freshman stuff. You know what I mean? Like the first goal, I'd I'd put it lightly on Cam O'Neill just for not recognizing the streaking defenseman. Now we're putting it on another freshman that maybe didn't recognize the streaking guy, you know, on the right hand side. It is what it is. You know, these are things that are going to get cleaned up over the course of the season. This is why we have such a talented coaching staff that we have. I'm not worried in the slightest, but obviously this is some stuff that we're going to want to clean up on in the near future.
0: For sure. And the same with the next goal we're going to talk about. Less than four minutes later, Logan Genowine, he found himself wide open in the high slot right between the two faceoff circles. Uh, Winds up for a one-timer from the sideboards and makes it four to three. So got a little bit scary here for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just too many open looks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it was just a case of letting off the gas pedal a little bit, but it's just, we we weren't tracking the guys that we're supposed to. Like, we have two guys planted directly in front of the net, but they're not really watching anybody. You know what I mean? Like, we, they had an open guy in, in the on the, you know, basically like the low left corner. They have a guy basically wide open at the faceoff dot, but we have two guys covering the front of the net. Like, you know, if you have two guys in front of the net there, you're either screening to your own goalie or and you're praying that you're blocking the shot. Like if you're gonna try and do that, you gotta block the shot. And we simply didn't. You know, I think that one was technically on I think that's that should have been McDermott's guy, if we want to get technical. Again, I'm not a hockey coach. Maybe they have a different defensive scheme than what I'm thinking, but it it just purely looking at the video, it's not a great look. But mm-hmm. again, luckily that was the last one of the game. So you don't have to worry too much in the grand scheme of you know winning the game, but still. Got to clean it, it up for sure.
0: Yeah, this definitely got the nerves going after last season. Yeah. We saw a couple of collapses in the third mm-hmm. period, especially late in the stretch that last year. Um, UMass was able to keep it together. minute and a half left when AIC had their goalie pulled. Ryan Ufko, the other newly appointed captain, he was able to put an empty netter in from basically the full length of the ice. Um, capped off a really solid game from him as well. And capped off a win for UMass, 5-3. to three. Uh, like we said, there were some things definitely that uh, need to be worked on, especially in that third period. It was a bit concerning. Uh, I think AIC led that period in shots 13 to 5. They led total for the game 39 to 25. Uh, UMass had five penalties. Uh, wasn't great. They were uh, positive in the faceoff dot, which was good to see. So um, some, encourages, some encouraging things, some things to clean up a little bit, but overall they got the win. So uh, that's good in our eyes
1: yeah i mean i I would just think for overall closing thoughts just the things that i noticed i mean getting heavily outshot we saw that a lot last season and i mean now that i'm actually i realize that the the box scores have shot charts basically so i can actually give a more accurate description of where the shots came from they were they were peppering us from some pretty high danger areas like there was a lot of mid-slot shots there was a lot of cross creases from what i just remember off the top of my head there there were some high danger chances for sure and luckily cole brady you know saw a lot of them very cleanly and he made some really, really good stops. You know what I mean? He kept us in the game for sure. And the other crazy thing that I kind of saw was, I mean, I'm pretty sure we had five, you know, power plays against. Like, we had to kill off five penalties, mm-hmm. which that's that's never a good look. You know what I mean? Like, usually if you're committing a penalty, that means that you're getting beat on defense somewhere. So I don't know if it's a case of we have to outskate them more. You know, I don't think it's a compete issue just because I think that, you know, this team has a lot more compete than last year. I really liked what I saw from this team, you know, just in terms of energy levels but I I think it might just be a couple of mental lapses on defense where they're trying to recover by, you know, maybe trying to get away with a hook or a trip or something and they weren't able to. So again, I think it'll be things that could get cleaned up, you know, later on, but just kind of overall things that I'm noticing, you know, again, it's the first game of the season. We can't expect to be perfect. So not that bad.
0: Right. Um, one couple things I noted, uh, UMass didn't get up a ton of shots. I'd like to see that uh, come a little bit more. I think AIC's goalie only made 20 saves. And Cole Brady, he had 36 saves. So I don't think we're going to talk about him later, but a really solid performance from him. Mm -hmm. I don't think we saw him look this good all of last season. So that was really nice to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely think of a couple games last season where he was definitely stealing the show. I mean, I don't know for the the people that maybe are just starting to follow us now or they're just getting into the team, but – we started off last season, you know, last season super hot and our goalie's were a big reason for that we had like you know nine forty save percentages in the first like ten games. So I mean and Cole Brady was a pretty big part of that when he was splitting time of Pavs. So I, I definitely think he, he has that, you know, like in his locker for sure. He can definitely pull out some some amazing performances. And I think, you know, this this was definitely in the in the upper echelon of, you know, of performances at his time at UMass. So yeah, it was it was great that he showed up because we we kind of needed that at times, you know what I mean. There were there were definitely some high danger chances that he had to snuff out a little bit. So, yeah, really really good to see that, especially from the more experienced goaltender of the two. You know, I think having that that experience, you know, calming presence is going to be definitely really good for uh, for Ravel's development and kind of just pushing him, you know, throughout the course of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you there as well. Um, is there anything else that we wanted to talk about before we jump into awards? no i think i think i think that's a pretty good stopping point for this game all right so we will head to our awards we do a few here so we'll we'll explain them for the new listeners for this season the first one we give out is the CCC award Carvel's character and compete award um those are phrases that he lives by as a coach and basically we give this away for our player of the game um the guy who showed the most hustle. Uh, the most offensive output, sometimes the most character and heart um, just whoever we're really proud of being a minute man for this game. And we were both in pretty easy agreement for this one. It's Samuli Ninasari. Um, he, I think he really impressed the both of us with how he played on the offensive and defensive side of the puck. Um, and he he really impressed you, Evan. I know that. So I'll let you talk about him a little bit more.
1: Like I said, I freaking love this kid.
0: You know, I mean,
1: I was conflicted, you know, in our in our kind of preseason preview episode of, you know, when we were picking Ben's defenseman, and I was literally milliseconds away from picking him just because we could get into this whole philosophical argument about what is a defenseman. You know what I mean? Like, is it the guy that puts up the most offensive output? I I don't think Dinassari is going to necessarily be the offensive mastermind of this team, but by God, is he going to be the defensive mastermind? I mean – he was damn near perfect, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, not to completely just destroy Moro, but there, he had a couple of moments throughout the game where they were just, he got stripped of the puck just blatantly, and it was a two-on-one, three-on-one going the other way. I, I didn't feel that nervous because Ninosari was over there defending them, and he was snuffing out basically every chance before it even started. Like, anytime there was a cross-crease pass, he was able to clear it out. He was taking the body. He was a very quick skater. He... Literally was exactly what we needed when we were talking earlier on this, you know, in the offseason of what we need on the defensive end. He checked every single box and then also contributed a goal to, to, you know, increase that output even more. He looked, I I couldn't think of a single negative about him in this game. So, yeah, I I know I was just gushing on him for a good minute and a half there, but I think it was fully deserved. He played almost as good of of a game as a defenseman can play, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty impressive for him to get our CCC uh, very first game as a minute man. So completely new face. Congratulations to Samuli on the award. Our next one is the Good Try UMass award. So this goes to a guy who we think could do a little bit better the next time out there. Um, for those of you that don't know the origin of this, a <laughs> few years it's a few years now. God, yeah, um, the the official UMass Amherst account. Uh, quote tweeted a UMass loss to BU with just the caption, good try UMass. So uh, that tweet rightfully got clowned on quite a bit, uh, and we jumped on the bandwagon as well. This award goes out to the guy who we think can improve a little bit uh, on their next performance. And obviously when you win a game five to three, there's not going to be a ton of guys that come to mind um, to win this award. But uh, just for what we talked about earlier, we're giving it to Taylor McCarr just to come out of the gate in the fresh new season and get a penalty in the first 30 seconds after having a history of doing that last season. Um, just a little bit stinky starting off the season that way. Otherwise played a pretty decent game, but uh, I, us and a lot of fans included uh, not a great start to see the team get off of.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's literally kind of the only issue. And I mean, it was kind of hard to, you know, we were discussing this for a solid 10 minutes before the episode even started, you know who we could pick for this. Cause I mean, there weren't really many dull spots in the team, you know, overall. And, you know, he did get a really, really good assist. You know what I mean? Like he, he started off the the scoring of the game, but the also the the bigger issue is that you're supposed to start off the game with a lot of momentum and we immediately kill all that momentum from a really good crowd and knowing that it's the first game of the season and then 30 seconds into the game. Now all of a sudden we're starting, we got to kill off a penalty. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a right and a wrong way to start off a game, and that's that's not how you do it, especially after we talked about this at length last season, that this is something that he has to clean up in his game. Because me and you both, Cam, we both know how good of a hockey player he can be. He has mm-hmm. shown tremendous flashes as a hockey player. And doesn't matter how good of a hockey player you are if you can't stay on the freaking ice. You know what I mean? So that's something that you got to clean up and, you know, we're We're hoping that you know we have the confidence that it'll happen. You know what I mean? it's a, it's simply a mentality issue. it's It's not an issue of you know, can he move his legs or can he stick handle? No, nah, he he knows how to do all that stuff. We've seen it, but you just gotta stay out of the box the best you can. so it's it's a it's a bit of a nitpick, but it's a pretty important nitpick at the end of the day,
0: yeah, and uh, obviously, it didn't pay too many consequences in nah. this game, but if he comes out and does that against Michigan, uh, this upcoming weekend, then that's that's where the real problems are. So yeah, um, didn't end up being too much of a problem in this one, but just not a not a great start to the season. And glad the team didn't have to pay consequences from it for sure. All right, so for our final awards, uh, Evan and I each do a custom award, so we'll make up one and give it to a guy who we think is deserving and who we think deserves to get talked about a little bit more before we end the episode. So, Evan, what is your custom award today? All right, so we talked about this guy's goal already. I feel like, I mean, you
1: actually helped out with the naming of this one because I was drawing a couple blanks, so I'll give you full credit on this one. But uh, I'm giving it to Michael Cameron because I thought he had a really, really solid game, and he capped it off with you know a really, really good goal to kind of kickstart some some solid momentum in the third period right off the bat. So I'm giving it to Michael Cameron. I'm calling it, well, Cam called it the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee in reference to the AIC Yellow Jackets. Um we ended up stinging a little bit better than a B, obviously, because we scored more goals than the Yellow Jackets. But we figured the wordplay there was a little clever. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to give him that award because, yeah, he was you know, he was definitely floating like a butterfly out there. He was wicked light on his skates. He was absolutely just killing it from a skating perspective. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, stings don't have to be really hard, fast shots. Sometimes you can just flip it over a goalie and it's going to sting just as much when it goes up there on the scoreboard. So really, really happy to see that out of him.
0: Yeah, and he's picking up right where he left off last season, using his speed a ton last year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a real difference maker on the ice just watching him play. Almost uh, by the down the stretch last year, game in, game out, he was making a difference with his speed. So great to see that again. Yeah, for sure. All right, so my custom award, I'm going to give out the bookmark award. and This is going to two guys, a couple guys that were on the team last year, And in this game, they picked up right where they left off last year, like a bookmark. Uh, You could open it up to the same spot. Um, And this is going to Ryan Ufko and Ryan Lautenbach, a couple of Ryans. Uh, I think they both played fantastic, both played with a lot of energy. Ryan Ufko coming out as a captain for the first time, so he had that juice as well. Um, Ryan Lautenbach's always been a gamer, um, full speed ahead, reckless with his body. Uh, He scored the first goal just using his speed to get out in front of the two-on-one. Ryan Fco. he had a goal and an assist, uh, The one of the empty net goals, um, and then an assist on the power play, I believe. So he was looking good, looking good on defense. So um, I liked what I saw out of these two guys who had solid seasons last year. So picking up right where they left off.
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely love the bo- the look of both of them in this game. You know, I mean, and you touched upon the whole captain thing. I mean, I was wholeheartedly convinced that Loudon was going to be a captain this year too. You know what I mean? So it's like they are both extremely high character individuals, extremely just good on the ice and off the ice. I mean, we've talked to, you know, a back before, great guy during one of the post game skates, you know, and he, he loved, you know, the stuff that we do here. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely nothing but love for both of them. And like you said, completely picked up where they left off before because I think they could have, you know, even a better season than, than last season for sure. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that, you know, we can kind of, you know, head back to the bookmark, but then advance the book a little bit. You know, we can read a couple pages, too, and maybe, you know, get a little bit farther along. So, yeah, I definitely think uh, they, they'll have that opportunity this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that is just about it for this game, but that wasn't it for UMass' weekend. They went up to Dartmouth, New Hampshire uh, for another game this weekend, Sunday, little late afternoon start, and it was an exhibition game. So um, we didn't – cover it as much as we normally do for games um just another little tune-up for the team before they have to play a highly ranked michigan next weekend but evan was at the game so i'm gonna send this over to him i wasn't at the game but evan was there he might be able to give you a little insight on what he saw from the team on yeah
1: i mean i mean you basically said that we didn't cover it as much i'd say i covered it i mean a ton on my personal (laughs) i think i put out like 60 freaking tweets on that game like i was going insane and uh Nah, it was a, it was a really good game. So for those that weren't, you know, paying attention or whatever, I did a whole thing on my, on my Twitter, Evan underscore Sully. You guys want to check it out. Um, but we ended up winning the game five one. Um, there wasn't too many people there. I talked to some of the, you know, the, the, you know, athletes, parents and stuff. There was definitely a decent UMass contingent there, you know, at least as much as one could have, you know, in a two hour drive away for an exhibition game. But, uh, No, we 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 jumped off right out the gate. Um, this I'm going purely off memory here, purely off vibes. But so basically, the first goal was like 50 seconds in, just you know, right off the bat. Scott Morrow decided to just completely turn it up a gear, glided through the neutral zone and the offensive zone as if the defense didn't even exist. For some godforsaken reason, Ninasari was up with them. Like we basically just switched our defense and our forwards. You know, like where they're supposed to go, and I actually noticed that a lot during the game we were playing our, our defensemen really, really high up. Like they would join in on the attack a lot, but um, basically Scott Morrow passes it over to Ninasari, and then Ninisari gives it right back to him on the doorstep and he just taps it in. There was nobody home, easiest goal you could ever score. Um, you know, there was there was a couple of, you know, you know the game got pretty chippy throughout it, I noticed. Um, that was kind of one of the major issues that I, well, I shouldn't say issues. I mean, it's obviously good that we're showing, you know, a lot of care, if that makes sense. And, you know, we were actually giving a crap about the game. I actually, uh, I'm not going to spoil who or, you know, the kind of the overall context regarding this, but I was, I was near the tunnel before the boys were going out and they were confident going into this game. I distinctly remember hearing somebody say in there, this is Dartmouth Super Bowl. We're going to be, you know, th- this is, you know, we're, we're the stars of the show here, all right? We don't have to worry about them. That's how confident they were going into this. I don't know if we want to label that as disrespectful, but we were disrespecting them on the ice for sure. I mean, like I said, overall 5-1 game. Uh, if I'm going to run through real quick, and going to refresh my my mind on the goal scores because they actually had a little bit of a recap um, up on the UMass hockey page. So Michael Cameron ended up getting a sec- the second goal. It was an easy 2 on 0 from what I remember. Um, he had one of the UMass players to the side of him, but took it himself, basically glided it on his forehand, he didn't do his signature move though i noticed which was interesting he actually shot a blocker side so he shot it on his forehand side instead um but put it best with absolutely no issue whatsoever um and then i think that was that was the end of, of it for the first period um and then going into nothing we come up to the second period i think we scored the next two goals on the power play we looked really good on the power play from what i remember because we had quite a few um so Ninasari, we were talking about him for the first game. He actually ends up getting another goal in this game. Sadly, it doesn't count, but it just reinforces my love for him even more. He found the puck like basically right as you're about to enter the the offensive zone. He just picked it up, I think, off of a you know, like a, a misplay by Dartmouth's defense, and takes it on his forehand and just rips it from the high slot, just blocker side, essentially bar down, as if the goalie didn't even exist and just put it away. One of the better shots that I've ever seen from a Hugh player and just put it right in. And uh, I'll wrap this up pretty quick. So after the Ninisari goal, uh, Connors ended up gets, getting one from uh, basically like the face-off dot. He just slapped it in, easy cross crease. Probably the easiest goal he'll ever score. There was almost no resistance on that front. Uh, and then I think, it was it, Muse. no, um, who scored the last one? I'm blanking right here. I don't actually remember who scored the fifth goal, so that's on me. I apologize for that. But, yeah, at the very end, I think Dartmouth ended up getting a goal in the second period. But, yeah, that was essentially it. It went to a a three-on-three overtime because it was all pre-planned, basically. Like, they wanted to get in some reps for that. Um, We ended up actually technically losing that overtime. I think they scored with, like, I think they were, like, two minutes in. And uh, that was just off of, like, they picked up the puck behind the net, and then it was an easy cross-crease in front. Prabble couldn't really do anything about it. Um, and then we go to a shootout and I want to say our first guy was UFCO, easy finish for him. Dartmouth didn't actually score at all in the shootout whatsoever. And that's going to lead me to my final point, but, um, Michael Cameron was the third shooter and he got the other goal. He did his signature move that we saw in the first game, literally an identical goal and just put it back, you know, put it on the, the Dartmouth goalie easy as you like. Um, and yeah, easy win for us, basically, um. Last thing that I'll mention though is Michael Bravel. He played very very well. Like honestly, he he's given Cole Brady a run for his money this early. Like I completely understand not playing him in the first game because the stakes are kind of high. You want to start the, you know, first game off on a on a on a good note. But man, did he look confident in that. He looked really really good. He he didn't look like an 18-year-old whatsoever. You know, he was plucking pucks out of the air like his life depended on it. You know what I mean. He just looked very calm, very proficient at what he does, and yeah, I I really do think we're gonna seeing some. Uh, we're gonna see some split time between the two goalies against Michigan, and I'm I'm expecting Cole Brady to get the first one, but I I really think that Harabal is gonna do a really good job in that in that second game against
0: Michigan. Awesome. So good to hear they played well. Yeah, they uh, played insanely good. well. So that kind of leads us into our, uh, our little preview for next weekend. Um, obviously we don't have much yet. Um, season just started only a couple games in for, for Michigan, but we're going to do a little preview for what we should expect. I believe they come in ranked number six in the country. Um, they had a fantastic year last year. They went to the frozen four. They did lose a couple of big names. Uh, fantilly was their biggest loss, I believe but uh they're returning a bunch of guys obviously they're still ranked pretty high um they're gonna be pretty solid they did have a a so-so weekend um they were home against providence for two games and they ended up losing the first one four to two i believe they came back and won the second one five to four but um that tells us anything they used split goalies as well so each goalie gave up four goals and if that tells us anything this team is a bit susceptible to giving up goals so i think um this these couple games have the chance to be closer than people think this weekend. But,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a really encouraging sign for us because I mean, we have obviously shown through our first one dash, two games, depending on who you ask, we scored five in both of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's that's super encouraging. And yeah, Michigan has looked a little leaky so far. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that they don't know how to score goals, you know what I mean? Like they always get those top-ranked, you know, first round pick guys that are gonna know how to score, but. I mean, they lost three of their best guys from last season. Who knows if they're going to be able to replace that? You know what I mean? Like, they're currently ranked very high, admittedly, but rankings change throughout the season, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely going to be guys that are going to be on that top 20 list right now. They might be in the 40s by by year's end. You know, nobody knows. So, I mean, as it stands right now, Michigan's probably going to be considered the uh, the favorite. But I would not count us out. I'm not even trying to be a biased UMass fan here. I I really do think that... uh. You know, Michigan has some holes that we could certainly exploit if we if we play the game the right way and we play to our strengths.
0: Yeah, and you're right about the rankings. Last year, I believe UMass was at its best, ranked fourth or fifth in the country. Yeah, during the start of the season, and yeah. we all know how that ended up. So, yep. uh, Michigan could be in a similar boat there. We'll have to see. Uh, and the most recent rankings for this upcoming week were just released. Um, and like I said, Michigan's number six, and UMass didn't even receive any votes. So uh, depending on how this weekend goes, it could be the last time we don't see UMass getting votes. If everything goes well, that would be ideal, obviously, but we'll have to see. Uh, I, know, I know you touched upon it about the goalie situation, but are we, like, solid if we think each guy is getting a game between Harabal and Brady? I'd say so. I mean, unless,
1: like, Cole Brady doesn't really face much, you know, like, if he only faces, like, 15 shots and he's barely, you know, challenged or whatever – which I doubt is going to happen against a very skilled Michigan team. I think he's going to have his work cut out for him. So I'm almost certain that we're going to split time, you know, 50-50 between those two, but obviously anything can happen. You know what I mean? If he ends up getting a shutout off of like 40 saves, maybe you ride the hot hand. Who knows? Because we saw that at points last season. You know what I mean? But I think when you when you have a guy like Crabble, let's see what you got. You know what I mean? Like we're never going to know until we throw him into the fire eventually. And I think we – we kind of threw him in there a little bit. We kind of poked at him and said, hey, let's see what you got, kid, against Dartmouth, and he he showed up. He played very, very well. I think both of the, the – the puck only went in against him twice, and one of them was in a three-on-three overtime where he had two guys straight up in front of the net uncovered, <laughs> nothing, nothing you can do there. And then the other goal, from what I remember, was I think he ended up saving like two or three rebound shots, and then finally the fourth one went in when nobody cleared the puck out. You know what I mean? So – I, I really don't think either of those were on him fully, and he looked very, very good. So I'm excited to see what he'll do against Michigan because that's going to be a very, very good test for him, especially early on in his collegiate career.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it's about to be a fun weekend. Two games, I believe it's the first time Michigan hockey is ever coming to yep. the Mullen Center. That's so correct. that's pretty big. Uh, this team needs all the support you guys can get. We need everybody at Mullen Center this weekend. Yes, this sir. A- this is a real big one. Like UMass can make some noise and put themselves on the national map again. Uh if they if they make some noise here. So uh come out and support. You know, we'll be at both games. Section T, come say hi. Um, but yeah, we're we could not be more excited for next weekend, especially after getting a nice, nice good start this weekend.
1: Yeah, I thought like kind of the overall like UMass hockey like excitement would kind of die down a little bit for me personally, like after the first game. So be like, all right. You know, what am I kind of like, you know, what's, what's my major milestone that I'm looking forward to now? And now, you know, every weekend I'm going to be like this. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking when I said that. You know what I mean? Like, we're 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 in the full swing of things here. The, the hype is not going to die down anytime soon. So get your butts into the seats of Mullins. You know, we need everybody cheering. We do this almost with every, you know, every important game. We got to hype up the boys. We got to get a good crowd in there because we, we've said this a lot last season too. They feed off the energy. You know what I mean? This is a very – emotional team you know what I mean and if if they see people really cheered on for them you know they're gonna play very hard no matter what that's the type of competitive team that we have here but they can kick into that even higher gear if we have a nice rowdy atmosphere that they can kind of feed off of so I have really really high hopes for the attendance especially you know Michigan's one of those kind of I don't know what's the, what's the term blue bloods or whatever like they're, hmm. they're 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 up there you know what I mean they they have a very you know Popular fan base. They're they're very very well known in the college hockey world. So even if you're you know a relatively casual hockey fan, get get out there. You know what I mean. Not not for UMass's sake, but for your own sake, because it's going to be a damn good game, regardless of who you like. You know what I mean. Obviously, ninety nine percent of our fans here are going to be UMass fans, but if anybody else is listening to, get your butt into Mullins. It's going to be a really really fun time.
0: Yep, and Western Mass and the the peak of the foliage in the fall too. Like oh, what gosh. what more could you want? Go get gonna yourself some be apple cider donuts. Go head down to Mullins for a couple big-time hockey games. Oh, that sounds good. So that is about all we have for this one. Um, Let us know what you think about this new format that we're doing with a little preview at the end of the game recaps. Um, I think it's going to work out well for us as we go this season. Like we said, love to see all all of you guys that we can at Mullins Center this weekend. And big go UMass. Let's go.
1: Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Maybe we can keep the undefeated streak rolling with a nice 3-0 and record at the end of the weekend. Ooh. Let's see.